our Old passage, our Old Testament scripture reading comes to us from Isaiah 41 through 5, and that can be found on page uh, 159 of the Red Pew Bibles. Oh, I forget I'm a little vertically challenged. Okay, thank you, Dave. And visually challenged. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double all her sins. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In the Pew Bible, on page uh, 857, is Luke 2, 25 to 35, which reads as follows. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him uh, before he had seen the, the Lord's Christ, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do to him uh, according to the uh, custom of the law, he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have pre- prepared for in the presence of all people a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at the at what was uh, said about him. And uh, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign posed, and a a sword will pierce through your own soul. Also, so that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And the epistle lesson today is from... Philippians 2 is the passage that we've been uh, following uh, the last few weeks. Philippians 2, I'm going to read the first four verses, and this is um, on page 980 in the Pew Bibles. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, 
being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. This is the word of God for the people of God. Didn't realize we'd have our own Simeon here this morning to be able to bring God's word to us. Thank you so much, Bob. I'm thinking like uh, 95. Is that right, Bob? How old are you? (laughs) That's exactly what my dad would say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for bringing God's word to us. We are jumping back in. If you've been with us for these past weeks, we have been seeing amazing witnesses. We began, how long ago? Four weeks ago with this amazing revelation to this teenager that she was going to bear the Christ. And, and we remember leaving that service thinking that invitation is all of ours, that God speaks to us and invites us to bear Christ in us, right? Christopher, Christ bearer, to be the bearer of the Christ. But, but that was just astounding news for her, as it is for you and I, to believe that God would entrust to us, us, so precious a treasure as his gospel. And we think, what are you, what are you thinking, God, that you would do that? And that's what made it so beautiful in that second week when, when, this little clue that the angel gave that her cousin or that her relative, Elizabeth, was also pregnant, miraculously pregnant, and, and, and was going to bear a child in her old age. And we saw that amazing journey that, that Elizabeth, excuse me, that, um, that Mary made from Nazareth all the way up to Jerusalem, uh, maybe a hundred mile journey to be near somebody who might understand. And we saw that, that amazing reaction when, when she said shalom to, in Elizabeth's house that, that John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy and the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth. And she, and she affirmed what the angel had said. So God did this miracle of, of saying, I know this is going to be amazing news, and I'm speaking to us now, that you are going to be entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, it's not just the people in Ohio or in Massachusetts or in southern France, right, that all of us have been entrusted. I've got to say it just because I love saying it, Fort Huachuca, right? Um, we've been entrusted with the gospel and, and we're in this exact same place that, that Mary was. Will we bear the Christ wherever he sends us? But, but there's this interesting passage in Deuteronomy where it says the testimony would be proven, anyone's testimony in order to be legal must be proven by two or three witnesses, right? So Elizabeth witnesses to the truth that Gabriel brought Mary. And then we saw uh, two weeks ago that, that there was other witnesses. The shepherds in the field were given the revelation, right? Unto you is born this day in 
the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The same kind of little bit of a teasing. Not saying to Mary, go visit Elizabeth. There's no command in there. But when she went, she got affirmation. Not saying to the shepherds, you must go to Bethlehem. Right? We're going we're gonna to explore that story more tonight. Um, but, but this little hint that, that there might be a blessing if they did. And they went and saw the Christ. They saw the Christ. And, and not knowing what God would do through them, they actually gave that second witness to a Mary that, that what the angel had said would be true, right? No, not that there would, she would bear a child, but that this child would be the Christ. And, and, and through this Christ, uh, countless lives would be changed. Well, God isn't done yet, right? And we pick up the story today, still in Luke 2. All of our studies this Christmas Advent season, excuse me, has been in Luke chapter 2. Now we fast forward just a little bit, right? Let me just describe for you things that needed to happen according to the law. And Luke was very careful to tell us that Mary and Joseph were themselves careful to obey every aspect of the law. On the eighth day after the, a child was born, uh, if it was a boy, then that boy was to be circumcised, right? And, and that circumcision would not happen in the temple uh, because a Mary would not be allowed to enter the temple at that point, right? By, by the law, she could not enter the temple until the 40th day after a, a, a son was born to her. So the, the, the priest would come to them, and on that eighth day, the first significant um, ceremony would happen for the Christ. Uh, Jesus was circumcised, right? But then, the, then on the 40th day, two things are required. One, I'm going to take them backwards for a second. One is that Mary would go and receive the purification so that she could re-engage in the entire life of the community. And, and, and so it was an amazing time for Mary. Mary could re-engage after 40 days of being apart from the larger community. Mary could re-engage. But something else also would happen then. The firstborn son would be presented to the, the priests in the temple. And one of two things could happen. Either they would not redeem him, uh, and he would be given, a la Samuel and Hannah, right, to the priests to be dedicated his whole life to the service of the Lord. And, and again, we have this amazing story in the Old Testament of Samuel, whose mother prayed and God answered and she gave him to the Lord. But the vast majority of children who were brought and presented to the Lord would be redeemed. And there actually was, was the, the amount of the redemption that they might have their son back, they would redeem their son by paying a five shekel fee to the priests and, and they would then be granted back their son and they would raise him. So, so um, this amazing experience on the 40th day, Mary comes to both receive purification for her own uncleanness as a result of giving birth, and, and then also to present her son. By the way, you know what the, um, the cost for her own purification was? I've got to tease you, but it, the cost for her own purification was, guess what? A lamb. 
a lamp. Some of you are going ding, ding, right? Oh, my goodness. And if you were too poor to provide a lamb, then, then you would bring a couple of pigeons, and a couple of pigeons would be offered instead. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful that Mary brings the Lamb of God for her own, her own sacrifice of purification? But I want to talk to you about what happened when Jesus was presented. The backstory on all of this is that there had been two people. And again, in Luke's style, he always tells us a story about a man. And he always tells us a story about a woman. And there was a woman, Anna. We didn't read that part of the story who had um, probably been married about age 14, had been married for seven years and whose husband had passed away and who had dedicated herself for, and it's, it's hard to understand whether it was 84 more years or whether Luke is summarizing and saying she was 84 at the time, but for decades had dedicated herself to prayer and fasting and crying out to God for his kingdom to come, for his Messiah to come. Let me just press pause for a second with you again and say, I've said it several times during the series, we are in exactly the same place, beloved. Right? We are awaiting the second coming of Christ. And so all the things we read about in the first coming of Christ are true for us as well. Right? The practices, the identity, the purpose, all of those things we can, we can read ourselves into this story as well. And, and God blessed Anna and allowed her to see, to see the Christ. But let me tell you about our man, our man Simeon here, right? Simeon, um, it, we're not told a lot like we were about Anna, about who he is. We know all about Anna. We know, and this is a bunny trail that some of you will want to chase down, she was from the lost tribe of Asher. In other words, the tribe of Asher was not lost. Um, and we see in Scripture that one day God will bring all the twelve tribes back, right? But we don't know anything about Simeon. We know that he didn't, he didn't live there in the temple it's like it seems that Anna did. But we're told several amazing things about him. He was a righteous man. Remember, righteousness is not, is not did everything right. Righteousness was that he was in constant right relationship with God. And he was in constant right relationship with the people around him. He was a devout man. Bob read for us. He was devout. He was dedicated. He devoted himself to God. And the way that he devoted himself to God was through the Word of God. So that he knew that when the Messiah came, he would come to the temple, right? In fact, there's many more details in there for us. We know exactly which gate of the temple he will come in. That's why it's currently bricked up so that the Messiah can't come in. One of my favorite uh, funny little stories. We know everything about what will happen through God's Word. So when it says he was devoted, it meant he camped out. He tabernacled. He, he ab- abided in God's Word. And, and through his Word, understood who he was. His identity. Let me just ask you, do you know who you are? Right? But also understood God's purpose for him. 
In fact, the Holy Spirit had revealed. Did you hear it? It went by so fast. The Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he would not die before seeing the Messiah. And, and so, so Simeon was on like pins and needles his, his entire life. And I, I'm, I'm calling that from us. We should be like on pins and needles, right? Because the Messiah is coming again, Right? And either we will get to see it in the flesh, and that will be an absolutely astounding thing. All the earth will see his second coming, and we will get to witness it, or we will be called home first, and we'll get to meet him face to face. Today you will be with me in paradise, right? But Simeon was told he would not leave this world without seeing. And I don't know exactly how it happened. I know that Mary and Joseph were faithful and, and at his circumcision, they had announced his name, but that circumcision took place in Bethlehem, right? Simeon didn't see that. And they said, his name is Yahweh saves. His name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus in Greek, right? His name is Jesus. And so can you imagine what would happen if, I'm just imagining this for a second because the scripture doesn't tell us that, that Simeon was, was, led by the Holy Spirit to the temple. We're not told that he said, you're going to see the Christ today. He just said, go to the temple now. And he goes there. And, and in the dedication ceremony for this child, the priest says, what is the child's name? And, and, and Mary and Joseph, I'm imagining univocally say, say, his name is the Lord saves. And Simeon, Simeon goes, oh my goodness. I mean, I'm, I'm astounded. Last, last week, um, Jake and Amber were here with their infant. I mean, the infant. And, and, and I just was astounded to see this miracle of God, right? But Simeon sees not only the human miracle of this child created in God's image, but hears his name. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm guessing the Holy Spirit then affirmed, yes, Simeon, that's the one. That's the one, right? And did you hear what Simeon did? I, I, I don't really have a category for this, but, but he takes the child. It's almost like a Simba moment. Don't, don't anybody sing that song. And he raises up the child, right? And, and, and blesses God. And blesses God. And you go, how in the world would any of us be able to... Oh, God has given you that privilege. Remember, blessed in this sense is that kisses God. Kisses God. And, and, and recognizes the gift of God that he has seen the Messiah. But several things happen right there. And, and I want to just camp on those for a second. Simeon speaks... And I'm sensing that it's just Holy Spirit-led speaking. And, and he, he recognizes a couple of things. And I want you to recognize these things with me today. Because, again, we're in the same place that they were. Simeon recognizes that he who had longed for the consolation, for the comfort, for the love of God to be poured out on, on the people of God, Israel... Um, recognizes that, yes, sometimes God comes to comfort, right? God brings 
comfort. And the words of Isaiah in Isaiah 40, the front part of Isaiah 40, you all know the back part of Isaiah 40. The front part says, comfort my people. Comfort. Tell them, tell them that their suffering is over, right? Tell them, I love this, tell them that their sins are forgiven. If you were listening carefully as, as Donna read that, you, you might have sounded confusing because as your sins are forgiven, but then your sins are doubled, she said. Well, which is it, right? But you remember that, that when someone's list of sins was, was recorded and, and it was paid for, what they did was double it over and nail it to a post, right? So that anybody who would come and accuse them of those sins, they would say, it's done. It's paid for. I'm redeemed. Comfort, Isaiah says. He's speaking prophetically because this would not happen for 800 years. Comfort my people and tell them, tell them that their sins are paid for. And if you hear nothing else today, hear that God loves you so much that he sent his son to double over your sins to pay for your sins and you can be free from them. I think I just wrecked your music, sorry. You can be free. That's comfort, is it not? And Simeon insightfully recognizes that Jesus came to comfort. But what he tells us now for the first time in the Christmas story, I say for the first time that we've heard it in Luke chapter 2, but it's all throughout the Old Testament, is that Christ will come and not just bring comfort. The very same Christ will also bring conflict. Right? And he says exactly how this is going to happen. This child is going to cause, for some of the people of God, is going to cause them to be exalted. This child is going to bring the rising of many in Israel. But for others, this very same child is going to cause the fall of many. Our Sunday school class noted it's just like that stumbling block passage in, in the Psalms that the same Jesus, the same cornerstone is going to elevate some people and cause other people to stumble. But, but for the first time in the gospel story now, in Luke chapter 2, we're, we're, we're told there's more to Christ's coming than just joy, joy. In other words, it's not going to be necessarily good news for everyone. Well, you just called it the good news a few moments ago, Pastor Dave. What are you talking about? It's good news to those who are broken and who understand their real identity apart from Christ. It's great news. If you're in that place today, God bless you. I bring you good tidings of great joy, right? That, that in your brokenness, Christ has intervened. Christ has come in. And you can be made whole again. Right, But we're told that, that, that it also, for those of us who are trusting in our own righteousness, now I'm using that same word, but say, you know, me and God, we're okay, right? I think, I, I, I know that God and I are good because I'm a I'm pretty good guy, right? If you, if you look at the whole culture, then I'm, I'm slightly above average, you know, I'm good, I'm good, so me and God must be good. And God says, this is not going to be goodness for you. This is not going to be good use. Why? Because the standard is, is not the bell curve. The standard is not a grading curve. The standard is God's holiness and righteousness. And there is only one. 
There is only one who can bring you to that standard by his righteousness and not by yours, and that is Jesus Christ. That is this child that is right before. Do you see why Simeon, I should finish my sentences, huh? Do you see why Simeon was so overwhelmed because he got to see this child? He blesses God. He prophesies into my life, into your life, and he prophesies into into Mary's life. And again, the first time in the gospel story, did you hear it? It went by so fast. And a sword shall pierce your heart also. What? What? Mary, who had just sung a couple of weeks ago when we studied that passage, you know, I'm going to be blessed among all women. Oh, yes, exactly right. Generations are going to call you blessed. But that doesn't mean, blessing doesn't mean that there won't be pain. Amen? I mean, if we measured the blessing of God based on whether or not we had pain in our lives, it would be a pretty small community, wouldn't it? No, he never said that. I mean, look at Jesus' own life, right? Jesus, who himself was blessed by God, suffered and, and experienced physical, emotional, and even spiritual pain, right? God never promised that there wouldn't be pain. He only promised, I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, he only promised his presence in the midst of the pain, amen? That's, that's what he promised here. And, and, and this amazing, I'm, I, we're not told how old he is, but I'm picturing him as an older man is able to say, oh, sweetheart, ripe age of 15 maybe, a sword's going to pierce your heart too, but it will be okay. It will be okay. Forgive me if you are in that place. Try not to let my voice drop. Everybody tells me I, I talk too quietly. My wife never tells me that, but every, all you guys do. Um, if you're in that place today, understand Understand, God knows your pain. He experienced it, right? He knows your suffering. He experienced it. He knows the sense of feeling abandoned by God. Right? What did Jesus quote when he was, when he was on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's not saying that in a teaching. He's experiencing the forsakenness of God. Why? Why? So that you wouldn't have to. So that when you come to that place where you feel like God has abandoned you, you can put your weight down on the fact that someone's already gone before you. Someone has paid the price. Someone has borne on themselves the forsakenness of God. By faith, you can... Experience Christ's death. By faith you can experience His resurrection. So much so that we would say, as we read in our Philippians passage, that this moment Christ is not experiencing pain. This this moment Christ is sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, right? 
God is experiencing the very thing I'm inviting you to. Because Jesus chose humility, therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, right? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, right? Will your tongue let you confess that? I understand and I respect your integrity if you're not there. That's all right. Don't do this. But if you can, would you say that with me? Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you say that with me? Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, I praise God. That's true for you. But God's not done yet, right? There was more to the prophecy. Um, Simeon, I keep wanting to say Zechariah, but Simeon also affirmed, which also was in the Old Testament, that, that God's purpose for his beloved is that we would take that message that Jesus Christ is Lord, not just to other churches, right? Not just to people who already are comfortable with the idea of the gospel, that we would take that message to every corner of the earth, right? To northern Africa, to Fort Huachuca, right? To, and this is the, probably the most pagan of all the places I've mentioned, Ohio State University, right? Sorry, I couldn't, I had to get my Big Ten stuff in there, sorry. He would take them to UMass. That he would take them to your family, who, guess what, is coming together, some of them, this Christmas. That he would take them to your neighbors and friends, to your coworkers. God's not done yet. And he won't be done until that light goes to all the people groups who've not yet heard. So my question for you is, where are you in the story? Right? Um, are you still wrestling with your needs? Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I declare to you today that Christ is sufficient for that. And if there's one of those dimensions that you need prayer for, don't leave until someone's prayed with you. We have elders and worship team members, people that would just love to pray. Amen? For you. They want a front row seat. They trust God. They want a front row seat on, on that happening for you. And we would love to pray in the Spirit for you in that situation, right? If you're in an emotional situation, and I'm so cognizant that, that the holidays are so hard for many of us, right? Some of you, this one is the hardest of all. I understand. I understand. It's different this year. But we want to pray with you. We want to ask God to fill in those holes in your heart. We want to ask God to bring your children from afar. We want to ask God to surround you with his presence of his Holy Spirit. And we just invite you to risk believing that with us. Let us pray for you. And for those of you who are struggling, um, experiencing the forsakenness of God, uh, we want to walk with you through that valley of the shadow of death. We want to we invite you to experience this Christmas. Christ's redemption of that forsakenness and to experience the joy that is yours right now. Joy, not lack of pain, not lack of suffering, the joy 
that is yours in the midst of it. Can you grasp how high and how deep, how wide is the love of God for you shown to us in this humble king of love, Jesus Christ. Let me summarize this for you. I do well uh, to say what three things can I take from this? Understand that that you too can worship the Christ. When when Simeon lifted up that child, he was kind of physically modeling for us something that you and I can do. We don't have the child Jesus here, but we can exalt Jesus. We can lift Jesus up. It can happen two ways. We can we can raise him up and or we can we can humble ourselves before him. We can let go of our pride and our self-righteousness and our self-sufficiency and cry out, I need you, God. I need you, Jesus. We, we can worship Jesus, but we can also witness to him. And, and, and there's something beautiful that happens when you risk saying what the Holy Spirit is doing. When you risk speaking it, other people are blessed. I invite you not just to worship Christ, the newborn King, this Christmas but also to witness, add your voice, like last Wednesday night, right? Broken, flip the sign, healed, right? Add your voice. The myriad testimonies of those whose lives have been changed by Jesus. But the last one, the last one I want to speak is that sometimes God just says, yes, but not yet. And, and the last invitation for those of you who have not seen yet the answer to what you prayed for. I remind you, Simeon probably was a very old man who believed, and here's the W for you, waited, worship, witness, wait, wait, waited in faith, in righteousness, in devotion, in, in the filling of the Holy Spirit, waited on God's perfect timing. And when it was revealed what that timing was, it not only blessed Simeon, but it blessed Mary and Joseph as well. God is always on time. Amen? But sometimes that means we wait. Now pray with me, would you, God? Thank you for the faithful men and women, the students, the children, God, who are here right now somewhere in this story. God, for some, they're reveling like Simeon in the answer to prayer and, and just rejoicing, God, in, in the faithfulness of God whose words spoke it and who believed it and, and now are seeing it. And God, that's true in my life as, as, as we waited for this grandchild and, and, and God, the news has come that the grandchild is coming. Thank you, God, that... That, that there are many here who are rejoicing. But God, I want to pray especially for those deep in the darkness of the night who all they can see is this little point of light, this little hope, God. I pray, I pray, God, that you would fan that little flame of light, God, into, into an all-consuming fire. 
I pray that which just now dimly illuminates our world would one day be so bright that we could see and understand everything, even the loss, even the pain, even the suffering, that we would be able to understand, God. And then, God, I just ask that your word might be true for us today. Your word says, Psalm 46:10, be still, cease striving, get off of Green River Road. Find that quiet place and know that I am God. I will be lifted up among the nations. I will be lifted up over all the earth. So God, would you allow us to just worship you now? Let us hear your voice even as we prepare for this holy night. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Do you know? Do you know this hymn? Sing it with us, would you?